Welcome back to the Information Revolution. It's our first episode for a new year. Uh, so this is our podcast talking about information and uh, those of us who work with it and uh, how things are right now and where they might be going. And it seemed like a great opportunity in the new year to be talking about exactly that last bit of where are we going and we've been talking about the people stuff for the last few episodes so as part of that uh what do we need in the future so what are the future skills required or capabilities required in information uh i'm michael upton i'm a director of metataxis new zealand a little consulting company based in wellington and i'm judy verno i'm also a director of metataxis uh, based in Wellington, I'm an information architect. And I'm Carl Melrose. I work for Castle Point Systems based in Canberra. Um, my views are my own. I'm also a RIMPA ambassador and, you know, I've been around the industry for a while. So I wanted to just jump in at this point and say if we're talking about skills for the future, then I think we need to uh, at least kick around some ideas about what we think that future is going to look like so we can then then think about what the skills are that we're going to need for that and I was I was thinking about it myself um, and thinking it's quite hard to know isn't it because things are changing at such a rapid pace the technology is is changing all the time so what impact is that going to have on our ability to manage our information it's been increasing exponentially for as we know for ever and ever um it's that's only going to get worse so there's going to be even more stuff to deal with hopefully some of the technology can involve evolved to help us deal with that um there are some tools already like auto categorization and that sort of thing so yeah how will that work we need to think about exploiting the information, the data that we have. There's much more emphasis on data analysis and, and mining. Um, so uh, an AI and, and what does that mean then? Um, and I also just wondered, do we think our users are going to get more sophisticated? Or, or less somehow, I don't know, with all this huge amount of information. Are they, sometimes I think, you know, will people just give up and not not even try? I was, I was looking through some figures yesterday, the usual stuff for my training course about hours lost in trying to find the information that you need. Um, can never find anything really bang up to date. But anyway, I think the, the figures are pretty grim. I particularly like the the one about um, five people show up to work, but only four of four of them are productive, because the equivalent of the fifth person is out, you know, trying to find stuff. But anyway, um, you know, what are we doing to help people? What kinds of tools are going to help them? Or is it tools? Or is it is it technologies tools? Or is it um, kind of people skills that we need to help them. What is it? Don't know. Thoughts. <laughs> a lot <laughs> Sorry, that was a bit of a that was a bit of a ramble. No, but, but it's a good no, place no, to no, start. Good. I mean, I, I I think we're addicted to speed. 
You know, if, if 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 there's anything that I'm completely convinced of, it's that people want things to go faster and they always want things to go faster. And I think the current mess that we're in is really that, you know, people are addicted to speed and you know what? It's so much quicker to put something on their desktop than it is to, you know, put it in an EDRMS system that takes them an additional 15 seconds per object. Mm. Um, so... You know, I, I think we're gonna we're we're just gonna need to focus on things that allow us to go faster. But you know, the the thing that really allows us to go faster is actually reducing the quantity of stuff that people deal with. And yeah, you, you know, yeah. I mean, a, a business system for I, me is the is the textbook example of something that reduces the quantity of stuff that people have to deal with. You know, as soon as you're dealing with structured data, you're dealing with constrained input, and I, yeah, yeah. I I think I can't see a future for records management that doesn't deal heavily in databases. I mean, we've ignored databases for the last 50 years and, you know, that a whole industry has sprung up around the recording of information, you know, in its context using business systems um, that we're not involved in. And I, I think that, I think over the next 20 years that's going to merge you know, because I think it just has to, you know, and lots of people that you that we all know who are running really good information management programs are seeing that the limitation to their program is actually that they start to run into all kinds of, you know, information governance issues that are actually created by stuff in databases and business systems. And because there's still this, you know, artificial and nonsensical, you know, wall between, you know, information yeah. and data, which, you know, I mean, a business system presents yeah. information in context to people. I mean, look, it's practically the, a business system practically presents people no with the definition of a record. Um, yeah, I think, um, uh, sorry, just to jump get in me there, off like the rant. Example, I always, <laughs> no, no, no. One thing that I always pull out in terms of that is, um, is to do with thinking about HR systems and the shift of employee records from things that were paper-based files to uh, you know, structured data and systems, and normally with supporting objects like documents is what I mean by an object there. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's an absolutely crystal clear example of uh, where the sort of formats and structures of the information have shifted over time, but surely the actual thing and its informational value and what you want to do with it hasn't changed. You know, it's a mm. personnel file. It's still a personnel file, but now it's a line of business system. And I 100% agree with you, Carl, that I think that, the, the, this kind of, I would hope that in information and records that we do not create any distinction between those things because to some extent it's not our business. It's not my business to say I'm super duper data management expert. Like that's a kind of a, they won't want me to say this, but that's kind of a subset of managing information is, is knowing what you do specifically with data and how you make data go faster, as you say, and, you know, and like be efficient and be, useful and all that all that yang <laughs> and i think where it will hit us is that i feel like we're going to have to increasingly care about um i guess it's kind of workflow and it kind of connects to process but i think that will translate into kind of user interface design like how do i as a person create and maintain great records through a system interface you know like how does how does this input um achieve the, the right outcomes in terms of in terms of the information uh you know it's it's kind of um 
uh, accuracy, it's uh, sufficiency in terms of, um, you know, is it enough stuff um, and, and, you know, any other kind of measure of quality you want to put on it. Um, so, so I think I think that's one thing that's definitely on my mind, and and I, I see that happening. I see um, teams of people working on how do you get information to where it should be, um, and I, and I think that will increase over time. Um, and I think that um, that might be wrapped around documents. So it might be about how do I get um, this file that I've been working on into. Uh, sort of its context, I suppose, you know, so ha- for example, how do I upload this new letter to this employee file to go back to that example? But I think it will also be a purely data-based thing as well. So basically forms, like how do I complete all this information about um, like real basic examples would be sort of um, customer transactional stuff of, you know, someone came in to ask me something at my government agency or my council or whatever, and I, ca- I captured the record of what they said. I think um, if we're if things are going well, then I think you know that will be where we are as information folks, and I think that relates to architecture and it relates to information management in a kind of looser, less architectural sense too. No, very, very much around the information architecture, if I've understood you correctly. So, um, creating the environment that allows people to capture stuff in a reasonably structured way that can then be used and reused and so on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah. I think that, um, so it's, it's, it's the, what, what I think will increasingly shift is not just architecting it in the conceptual sense of understanding what a good model would look like and, you know, what is it that we need to know about and how could we reuse that and what are our requirements for reusing that, but also what does that damn thing look like in this particular software that we're working with? Um, yeah, and I, I was wondering whether um, there's an increasing role for curation, therefore. So people there who are monitoring what's there and, and making sure that, as you said, this the stuff is going to the right people in the right format. I don't quite know what I mean by that, but there seems to have been an increasing amount of thought around that lately. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, and so that was actually the, the second kind of key thing that was in my mind oh. was um, following from what you said about the future with increasing volumes, and I agree. I mean, well, you know, who, who couldn't agree <laughs> whether or not we like that to be true? You know, there's going to be increasing volumes of information coming through. Um, I imagine it will continue to kind of, um, kind of a negative word, but fragment in the sense of the information is going to come through in many, many ways, different kinds of apps and different ways of faffing about mm. Um, mm. that whole increased thing of just kind of bringing your your home view of the world into your workplace and going, hey, I want to use these apps. I think that will keep coming. And and what I think a, a reasonable response to that would be is is that whole thing of, you know, we all know now that information's not all equal and that we want to treat things to different sort of standards. Uh, And and that's kind of what appraisal has always been about. But bringing appraisal, um, you know, I'm I'm not meaning appraisal from only one perspective, which is in terms of that Mm. kind of long-term archival view. I'm just meaning appraising the value of the information. Appraisal as per Um, section 7 of ISO 154.89, all of our our favourite section of uh, ISO 154.89. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. I, I think I think uh, basically appraisal um, and bringing that into you know the contemporary context of um, 
yeah. uh, just working day to day, I think that will be absolutely critical. I think that's and what I, think I mean really by curation, is. yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, snap. I was just going to say exactly that. I reckon that's probably exactly what it is. is it's mm. about going, well, which bits do we actually need to give a crap about? Um, and what is all the stuff that we are not giving a crap about? Like, you know, this goes all the way back to, I think, probably the first episode of our podcast. We were talking about, you know, knowing what you've got. I think it will be essential to understand what you're sort of disregarding from a quality perspective and going, all right, that stuff's fine. You know, it's, it's, but, but I think um, it, it, it's long struck me that I think part of what people stress out about currently with the increase in digital information is um, uh, possibly mistakenly thinking they need to treat everything as if it was the stuff that traditionally would go on a lovely curated file. And and that's not right. You you want a subset of things to end up there and to treat them to a certain standard. But you want to know what is that subset and what looks good and what do you need and what are all the skills around that and making that work. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also, I, I think, a question of who pays for that too because the, the problem with curation is that it's expensive and time-consuming. And, sure, y- you know, this is... Yeah, look, I I think there's lots of stuff in here. You know, one of the one of the underlying assumptions that I think we've all made implicitly is that the technology is basically going to be similar to what we've done in the past. And this is something that I've been thinking about recently when it comes to records management, because you know, you look at records management, and you know, it says the field of management responsible for the efficient and systematic control, and I can never remember the rest of the definition. Um, but the first part it deals with the efficient and systematic control of creation. And I was thinking about this recently, and I, I don't know anyone who is efficiently and systematically controlling the creation of records. I, you know, I'm, I know a couple of practitioners in records management who are right there at the point where someone's got something in their head and they say, right, now we have to control the creation of, of the, you know, the artifact or the entry in a system out of that, the record. We have to control the recording of that information so that we can then do stuff with it. But I mean, it hit me that what we're what we're mostly doing is we're still mostly controlling the creation of registry entries about stuff that other people have created, and I'm trying to I'm yeah, I'm now stuck in this loop where I'm trying to think about you know are we still really actually running registry offices? We just have a bigger workforce, and I almost can't unsee that pattern now that I'm I'm there. Um, but I think there's a so I think the prob, what that's highlighting to me though too is that what we're doing now feels like it's a lot different. But what it really is is it's a bunch of technologies that have got cheaper, and so you know it used to it used to cost you twenty dollars a time to send a, a letter to someone. Well, now you can send an email, but you know we're still really creating an object and you know sending it to someone. Like it's a very, very old technology that we've we've brought into an electronic world. And I I think that I can't really I can't see what the future of that is because I'm constrained by having grown up in the and, and remembering what it's like to send letters to people. And now I'm constrained by email being the only thing that the only you know, the next logical step for that. But I ha- I feel like some of those things are going to fundamentally change. And, you know, I mean, we've been sort of talking about exchange formats and those sorts of things with, you know, HTML and XHTML, uh, XML and, you know, et cetera for years. 
But I think that system to system piece is just going to keep on getting bigger and bigger. The other thing that I think is going to be different too is that, yeah, I think we've had the, you know, let's call it democratization of lots of different types of software over the last 20 years. But I think particularly with some of the stuff that I'm seeing around natural language processing and AI, you know, language is really particular to organizations. And I think what we're going to see is I think we're going to see a lot of AI type tech springing up that's going to deal with specific organizational contexts. And I think we might actually start to see again that th there is a, there are big gains to be made, but there's also a big capital investment that needs to be made. And so I, I think we may actually start mm -hmm. to see the opposite that, you know, all of a sudden the tools we've got at home, you know, aren't as good as the tools we can get access to at work again. And I, I just, I, I think that's a, I think that's an interesting future. I'm not quite sure what a lot of these AI tools are going to do. You know, I mean, classification is the, you know, is the first problem to be solved in all of this stuff, because if you can accurately classify what something is, then you can start to make routing decisions about it. That's actually the, I mean, that's actually the, the problem we've got with email. You know, the problem we've got with email at the moment is that, you know, you get a shared mailbox where people can send generic requests and you need a human sitting on that mailbox because a human is the only person who's actually capable of, you know, sitting down and saying, is there sufficient information, you know, in this email for me? And, in, you know, if I take this email and my understanding of organizational context, do I have sufficient information and knowledge here to be able to classify this email according to the, what it actually wants and then route it appropriately? Well... Well, you don't necessarily, because I have worked on systems that automatically route, as you would say, route, as I would say, uh, um, emails to, I was going to say the appropriate department. I mean, obviously, they get it wrong quite a bit. But I mean, quite a long time ago, I was working for a county council where we did that. We, we automatically categorized all the, I mean, even the scan stuff that came in. And then it got automatically routed to the department that it seemed was the appropriate one. If it wasn't, then they mm. rerouted it. But it was right so much that it really saved time. I am. Um, and and these tools are getting better all the time. That, that, it, yeah, and surely surely that will be the the near future with kind of yeah stuff that's been called AI. I get grumpy. About yeah, that. I know. Anyway. Look, it, it's, I, a, it's a really agree, loaded term. Agree. And, you know, so often it gets used to describe, yeah. you know, really yeah. simple algorithms that, you know, you're sure, yeah, it yeah, looks yeah. intelligent yeah. when you're routing 500,000 emails a day, but it's really not smart. Um, but, you, but, you know, the, the, yeah, the comment no, no, I'd no. make on the email front is that, you know, I work with organisations that are doing as much automatic routing as they can. And, you know, I'm still, there's still a, a friend of mine at a council on the, the, the south coast of Sydney who, you know, they have five full-time officers employed there, literally just watching the council at mailbox and routing them out, the email out of it. And, wow. you know, they've, they've done all of the, they've done all of the easy stuff and they've looked at all of the, and when I say easy stuff, I mean, you know, keyword based stuff and all those kinds of things. And they've had a couple of partners in to, to test AI type stuff and they've still got five people sitting on this, you know, so that, which is, you know, $500,000 yeah. a year routing email. That's a lot. So, a lot. Yeah. $500,000 a year. Now, I mean, you said, somebody said big investment to try and put these things in place, which is true. But if you're spending $500,000 a year, I think you could, yeah. 
there are easier the ways of doing it, or rather game, cheaper. Yeah. Exactly. But so you, you, yeah, you, you, you say there are easier and cheaper ways, but honestly, I, I've I've worked with them, and you know, we've we've I, I know the other things that they've tried. You know, they've tried all of the things that should solve this right. problem, and they just can't because the technology just right. it it actually just isn't. You not know, there. it's not there yet. So. Or at least the technology so, um, that can solve it, you know. And of course, you know, I mean, if you want to develop a full organizational ontology and develop all your terms and everything else, yeah. but, you know, I know, which, which is, is what exactly what you're of. thinking yeah. of. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I've seen some people do that with, with with different things, and I mean, it's a expensive multi year process, and maybe there's maybe there is a payoff yeah. for it, but you know, it's still a. I think it gets to that point where it's a big enough project and it's high risk enough. That you know, risk from a if we allocate capital to this, uh, is it going to work? You know, I think there's still enough uncertainty there that people aren't yeah. doing it. Is it going to deliver? Yeah, yeah. which yeah. is a shame. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. <clears throat> yes, you're right, and I think that although some, I mean, I'm just thinking about experience in New Zealand, some government departments have invested quite a lot up front. They haven't, if I can say this, quite had the Oh, I don't know. I don't want to say courage because that's really unfair. But they they haven't been in a situation where they could um, continue to see that through to get the benefits down the road. I, I think there's actually a general problem in government too if nobody wants to do benefits realisation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's, I mean, it's a, it's a well, well, uh, yeah, well known path, I yeah, think, yeah, that one. And it's a pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to jump back a mile. Yeah, to, to the thing we were, we were <laughs> um, going to focus on, skills. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yep, yep, yep. I just, I just wanted to point out, so, Carl, you were talking about kind of, um, yeah, great stuff about whether or not a bunch of records work is essentially managing a registry that describes stuff that's already been created. And I think what I'm saying in my kind of key push about that idea of kind of building front ends and building workflows and building ways that people capture records is – is exactly that shift is that I am seeing now um, and specifically thinking, to be honest, Microsoft 365. I mean, it could be any technology, but I'm seeing people, um, information teams who are out there building ways of capturing records that meet everyone's needs or try and meet everyone's needs. Um, and so I think um, that's really a concrete example of what's in my mind in terms of how I see things shifting. I do think... Um, information teams will need to be, yes, doing information architecture and, yes, then implementing that in terms of building stuff out. And I hope that that is kind of what, um, how how appraisal is implemented, I suppose, is that it's not about how do we uh, shuffle around the stuff that we've already got. It's actually how do we make sure that we capture the bits that matter to us and mm. to the standard mm. that matters. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, appraisal. So yes, appraisal right. is all about yeah. business risk, right? And you know, sure. I mean, I, I think what it's, I think there's got to be a recognition there that oh. <laughs> a, that a, should be. Well, yeah, it should be exactly. Yeah, I mean, the ISO. You know, I always go back yeah. to ISO because I really like that definition, but um, it's not really a definition. You know, it's a very long paragraph that you've got to read between the lines of. But you know, I um, I always go back to that because I think everything is in there. But I think the problem is that I don't think people look at performance as a business risk. 
And this is actually a problem with, this is a general problem, you know, incentives problem with government. You know, I mean, if you're in a commercial business and you've got a, you've got a process that's costing you $200 because, you know, somebody's handwriting something and then putting it in a tray and waiting for someone to get, pick it up, that's kind of okay in government. Whereas no commercial business would tolerate that because they'd go broke. And so, you know, I, I think we've got to, I think we've got to, we've got to think about that. And that's actually, you know, core to one of the things that are the skill transitions that I think we need to make. You know, I think we need to get much, much earlier in the process, which means that I think a lot of us are going to have to become much closer to being business analysts than, you know, than we ever have before, yeah. Yeah. you know. The, the thing you the point you make about Microsoft 365 is perfect. You know, we both have some, we all have some mutual friends who are, doing extremely well with their organizations, just helping them create like, um, you know, lists and those sorts of things to manage assets in the organizations that they're in. And I mean, a list is a registry, like it's a technology as old as, it, it's an electronic version of something that's as old as the hills. Um, you know, but I mean, I, th I think, you know, it, it's almost like it's two, it's the two BAs for me. So it's business analysis because we're going to have to become system builders and we are going to have to deal with structured data but it's also business administrators and, you know, business administrators in the like masters of business administration type way of thinking about the world. And, and it's, I don't think this is a new thing either. You know, I remember reading, um, it's one of David Bierman's papers from the eighties and in it, he quotes the, the records manager for, and it's like one of the railway companies in the U S that's, that's talking about stuff in, in the fifties, and this guy, this guy says, look, a, a records manager, a records manager is basically a business administrator. And you know, the historical context of business administration is not, you know, and is not admin people doing admin work. Business administration is all about how you run a business, how you administer a business. It's it's the chief executive. It's you know those people. It's dealing with capital allocation decisions and process decisions and those kinds of things. And he says that a records manager is basically a lot more is basically a business administrator and an archivist is more like a historian. And I think that one of the, the things that's happened is that the historians have crept into the records management profession and the business administration's gone out of it. And I think that's only something that's Oh, that's a good yeah, I, I think it's only something that's happened since we've had all of the archival yeah. authorities. And I, I I made a mistake talking to someone, you know, archival institutions. It's the archival authorities in government that I think have really pushed that shift. But I think we need to bring back the business administration because I, I think it's the only way really that records and information management can stand on its own. You know, if it can be a business and a profit centre yeah. and a and seriously responsible for the improved performance of the organisation all the time, I mean, that's something you throw money at, you know? So as well as having a national archives, what we need is a national business administration uh -huh. agency or yeah, something. Maybe. Well, I mean, maybe. I mean you have a, if you have a look all over Australia and New Zealand, they keep trying to do something like that. But the problem is that they keep trying to do it by appointing a government CIO. And, you know, we've talked about the problem of government CIOs not really being information people but being tech people. And, you know... They yeah. go in and they talk about, you know, the vision for government and cloud. And honestly, who cares? Like, <laughs> who cares where the tin is and who yeah, owns yeah, it, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in New Zealand, you have the, you know, this digital services function that's supposed to, you know, be about central government's delivery of digital services. And the 
just information does not get a look in whatsoever there. Yeah. Victor yeah. Dominello. And then you've got statisticians, you know, you've got the data, you know, they're going to come through and they're going to run things. They're going to take over, I think, you know, the, the data stewardship concept coming out of Statistics New Zealand, not out of Arco yeah. New Zealand. I think they're going to they're going to push changes to business practice. That'll yeah. be interesting to see. Yes. And I think I think um I'm conscious of the time, but what I would say is that those kinds of shifts happening at that sort of upper level or thinking across government, um, I, I think they say something about how information management needs to change if it wants to continue, really. Yeah. You know, it's like don't get sidelined by people using the word data, don't get sidelined by the IT folks, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But find fo a way focus forward. on the business issue. I, and I mean, Vic, yeah. Victor Dominello yeah. in New South Wales, um, I forget what he's the minister for, but um, mm -hmm. he's done he's done more for, you know, information management, I think, than anybody else in a really long time. And he's focused on things like problems with digital driver's licenses and, you know, those sorts of things. And he's solving these core big challenges in lots of places where a process takes a long period of time and has a lot of documentation associated with it. You know, I'm the number of times over the last five years or so where, you know, I'll open LinkedIn in the morning and there's, you know, Victor Dominello, you know, trying to hold up all of the forms that you have to fill out to achieve something in government. And like he's got this wide eyed look like, what the hell? And then he goes and does something about it. And it, I mean, it's an information management challenge, you know, it's government needs to have all this information yeah, yeah. in order to deal with you so how do we make give you know giving that information to go to government to a government agency something that is streamlined and easy and fast management is somewhere that you know people particularly in records and information management you know can, can gain a lot too um one one of the one of the big challenges that I think records and information management have in organizations is actually having their organizations understand what they do and what they're there for. And, and I actually think that there's a lot of problems for records and information management and managers understanding what they do and what they're there for. Um, and I think that, I think that there's a certain level of discipline that comes with taking a service management approach, you know, putting, putting a, and this is, you know, sort of like IT service management, you know, putting a service catalogue together, having service definitions, you know. And the natural point to go to from there really is, well, you know, who decides what your service is for? Oh, I just had a, I just got disconnected. Um, who decides what your service is for? Well, the people who are buying that service do. And, you know, if you start to take on some more of those service management disciplines, like having a service desk, you know, where you take requests on your service catalogue, so that, you know, you can actually start to understand what's the demand for these services and you can change the way you deploy your resources so that, you know, you're, you're getting, you're putting your resources in those services that are being demanded. I mean, I think that's a, I think there's a lot of stuff there that people in records can really learn from because I don't think people in organisations really understand records. And I think that, I think too that some of the stuff that's crept into records over the last well, actually, it's been there longer term, but, you know, things like processing the mail, you know, I mean, why is that a records management thing? You know, why isn't that customer service or, you know, some kind of administrative function or, you know, something like that? You know, why is that a records management thing? You know, that's a registration. It, it often isn't, actually, yeah. in the UK. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I don't know about, yeah. It's, in it's fact, it's, from my experience, it usually isn't anything to do with the records managers. Um, but I was going to say, uh, so what are the skills then that we think people need? I mean, the service desk um, idea, I think we were discussing that a few a few weeks ago, uh, having people who are being more responsible to what people need, being there to say, hey, we can help you with that. Mm, yeah, yeah. Those kinds of ideas. So in, in, in those terms, then the business analysis skills is right because you've got to understand what it is that people are asking, but you've also got to have those really good people skills to encourage people to ask and be able to elicit from them what it is they really need and be able to think that through and come up with good solutions. So I think, yeah, business analyst skills, but also, yeah, those real people skills, talking to people. So people trust you as well. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really, or always is really important just from that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking on, on, on that point that, um, um, I normally would make a distinction between kind of skills and knowledge, right? Like what do you need to know versus what are you able to do? But right. I was actually thinking like one thing that I think is worth saying out loud is that um, I feel like there is probably, there'd be some beneficial mindset shifts towards that kind of idea of like, right, how do I, um, oh gosh, I'm going to use all the terrible phrases, like put the person at the center of what I'm doing and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, like how do I, and make sure that basically the person I'm talking to doesn't feel like I'm either patronizing them or telling exactly. them off or, you know, any exactly. of those negative experiences that I think can yeah. be quite possible. And I see heaps and heaps of people who are really good at that stuff. Um, but I think that will continue to be really necessary. And I think for those people who don't have that mindset and perhaps more like, how do I keep my perfect system humming, which, you know, I think is another kind of stereotype of, sort of information and records people um you know <laughs> things would be fine if the users didn't keep coming and stuffing it up for me um i think those people have to either change or need to be um in the background you know basically you need to be clear on who does what yeah there's something that's just occurred to me while you're saying that actually and i, I think what i what i've been trying to express is that i think there's an intersect and I, I think it tailors in with what both of you have been saying as well i, I think there's a need to 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 possibly stop looking at records management as a technical discipline and, and start thinking about it as what we actually have here is we have the intersection of business management and service management and we kind of need to think about records as being a business and a service. And if it's a business, you know, that has to create customers, you know, and it's a service, it has to serve people. I think that the sort of Mm -hmm. skills shake out, the the skills and things we need shake out of that quite naturally. Because, you know, the the biggest thing I see in records is records is going to disappear if it can't start winning some funding battles. You know, and I I had somebody message me the other day about my blog on LinkedIn saying um, that that they, they just... Basically, words to the effect of they were just stepping in now to take over from a records team that had evaporated. Um, and, you know, their view was that the records team focused too much on compliance. Now, that records management team is now a data management team under a data management lead. And, Good. you know, I mean, I, I, 
I think a lot of this stuff comes down to funding and, you know, whether people are providing a service that people actually want to consume. And mm -hmm. someone that we all know um, and I were having a chat about um, thinking about information products um, about six months ago. There's a great book I've got on my shelf that I haven't quite got to yet, which is a, it's by Elizabeth Orner. It's called Making Knowledge Visible. It's all about oh, yeah. developing. She's great. She's, yeah. It's all about developing yeah, information is, yeah. product. And that product idea is just something I've been chewing on for a long time because I think we all have to think about, you know, if if the records our organisation is producing were a product, would people buy them? And how much could you sell them for? And, and I don't mean sell on the open market. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of, I, I think the reason that the, a lot of the business lot, the business thinking needs to come into records management is because records management and information management exist in a competitive landscape of ways to achieve a problem. Now, if you're taking your information product, so, Sorry, yeah. solve a problem. Thank you. Solve a problem, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, if you're thinking about inform and information as a product, well, if you're selling that to a person involved in the process, well, if, if they're making a $20 gain from getting your well-structured information, you know, then, then the theory, the business, you know, the economic theory is that they will pay up to like $19.99 in order to get that because that's the value of that thing for them. But are we creating those things? And I don't know, but I think that we yeah, have to great. be thinking about that. It's really good fodder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I guess what I'd say to try and keep kind of pushing the skills angle is, you know, implicit in all of this is, you know, first having the skills to identify problems and strategies for addressing them, yeah. but then also being able to ask yourself clearly, well, okay, if I'm trying to get to point you know, from A to B, then how, you know, what do I need to be able to do or what resources are needed in my organisation to get there? Yeah, and, and I actually think, like, one thing that's been on my mind is, you know, we um, quite reasonably talk about kind of concerns about records teams evaporating and so forth and who gets to step in and who does what. But I think if we can take concerns about sort of the industry and its title and who does what in terms of the names you know the, the kind of work to be done is still clear and I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like I, I think I'm sorry I'm just no, trying to I, I think, actual kind of concrete, I think I think I think the concrete bit, I was just going to say I think the thing you're, the you're saying bit. is that I think I'm I think implicit in what I'm saying is that I'm I'm talking out of a division between information and records management, you know, and I've been arguing against that distinction. And I think what you've been just trying to say is exactly that. Stop arguing out of the distinction, you know. It's all the work that has to be done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And I would see, for instance, data management and records as as two sort of subsets or capabilities or Definitely. groupings of capabilities within managing Definitely. information. And and yeah. I guess um, what I was thinking in terms of a concrete skill is I think um, um, uh, basically like bridge building and, and, you know, creating alliances and stuff across an organisation, I think that's increasingly going to matter. Mm. I think it's going to be increasingly important to not be isolated within an organisation. And I think, like, I also do want to say that that's something I've actually seen work really well in a lot of places in New Zealand. You know, I see lots of positive stories around that. And I think it's going to continue, you know, I think it's going to become more and more important. So do you think that the information managers need subject matter skills in order to be able to understand 
what's important to the organisation and what isn't and what needs to be curated and what can be left over there? Or are they um, facilitators who know how to to find that stuff out without being the subject matter themselves? I think I would argue the latter but I'm interested to know what you think. I'd lean towards the latter, and I would say that actually this is yet another angle I'm talking about appraisal to appraise the value of information. And let's say we're doing it from a business risk perspective, you know, rather than from a heritage perspective, I need to go and work with people in order to understand the business. So I need to, Mm, as an information manager, I need to get enough stuff out of other people's heads, out of their expertise, and just basically go, what the hell does this organization do and what does it matter? You know, like yeah. what if this process stops or what if the records of this process are not available later or, you know, yeah. And it's kind of those those kind of real big BA things again. And, yeah, I, and, yeah. and I guess the connection I would draw in my head is that um, some of those fundamental questions around appraising the value of information basically are business analysis and they are, also that kind of facilitating or people wrangling thing of like getting stuff out of the experts and i think yeah. um what you know what came to me as you were asking those questions judy is that i guess we can't be the one-stop shop we can't try and be the experts in all things and um another example of a really classic common kind of connections within organizations that i wouldn't say are information management but are so related they may as well be um, there'll be there'll be some kind of a legal function where corporate legal has all kinds of regulatory views on stuff that you need to account for, and there will be you know privacy people, privacy officers, and so on who often are not part of an information management team, even if that information management team is genuinely more than records, you know, even if it's true IEM in the sense that it's tackling more than just records management. Um, and those are exactly the kinds of alliances where it's like, well, we can't achieve everything. Like what we're trying to do is understand the value of stuff, what matters, where's the risk, where's the um, the, the quality, the specs that we need to meet, and then who do we need to work with to deliver on that? So I do think that will be an ongoing thing, and I do see that, yeah, some kind of facilitating. Yeah. It, what, what's interesting yeah. for me, um, and it's sort of implied underneath a lot of what you're saying, but, you know, when you said BA before, I immediately went to business administrator because I think there's a lot of, mm-hmm. I think there's a, this is something I've been thinking about for a while. You know, I think there's a lot of cost discipline problems, um, you know, in, mm. in lots of the organisations that we deal with. And it, it's interesting because you can't get public servants to engage on lots of this stuff because what they do is more important than that. And it is, but, you know, it, fails on the underlying logic that, you know, if it costs us $10,000 to service someone and you can bring that cost down to $5,000, you can service twice as many people and do twice as much good. And, but, you know, I've been thinking along these lines for a while and, you know, what I, what I keep getting back to is that the real discipline underneath records, records management generally, and I have a really expansive view of records, right? Anywhere you record information, that's records. So what everyone talks about is information and data management. I just see records. But it's all about organising and managing work. And, you know, the, the the calendar is the textbook one of those, right? You know, how many calendar invites did it? It took us a couple of calendar invites to organise today. We created a set of records in order to get us here. And, you know, obviously we stuffed that up the first time around. Um, I did. Um, but we created a set of records to get us here. And I've been chewing on that for months because I... I I kept thinking I'm about to put together a, a, a program on um, executive engagement. And 
you know, it, it's something I've been wanting to do for about two years. But a lot of what it's actually about is getting records match fit so that it can be something that executives want to get involved in. And for a long time, I was thinking about it as, you know, the, the career trajectory of information managers should be up to the, to the chief information officer. But I've actually swapped the way I think about that now because the more I look at it, the more I think it's more like COO because yeah, it's yeah. all about organizing yeah. and managing work. And if I look at what the biggest impact of, of, of record, you know, poor records in an organization is, it's the, it's the organization is disorganized and it costs too much to get stuff done. You know, a lot, and, and the part of the organization that's going to bring that cost discipline and think about how we operate better is that COO function. And so I think there's something there. I don't quite know what it is, but, you know, looking at the end-to-end -end process. No, I think, you, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it's what they used to call operations management, wasn't it? Isn't it? OM. But what the organisation does, unless it's actually making widgets or cars or whatever it is, um, it's, as we've said before in these, mm. it's all about managing the, creating and managing information, really. Yeah. And, and talking to people and getting ideas and that kind of stuff. It's all about the information. So so put, managing that information is a, a totally integral part of managing the operation. It's, it's They're inseparable. Absolutely, as crucial as, as the people. It's the input, yeah. it's the product, Absolutely. it's the... Yeah, it's, the, it's back to yeah. the product, back mm -hmm. to the product. And for a lot of government departments... The information is the product. And, and you know, you're just you're highlighting a whole bunch of conversations I've had with a friend of mine who works for a, a department that, that does stuff with mining. And they don't op operate any mines. They don't do anything like that. All they actually do is man manage the information no. about mining claims. Someone applies, you know, exactly. they, they do go through an approval process. Mm -hmm. exactly. That's actually the whole agency. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the tax office. Brilliant. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so a whole lot of that comes down to, like, where that becomes really tangible is basically, I think, of managing entitlements and obligations. Like, a whole lot of government stuff is keeping track of who's owed what and, you know, and who, is a, who has sort of an entitlement to something. And yeah, or who's about allowed land, to do something. Be, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And all of that is a So why are we having to have this conversation yep. then? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that juicy note, I think we should actually wrap it yeah. up because we've, yeah. we've, gone, we've gone deep. Yeah, yeah. Been but, a pleasure, uh, guys. Certainly really something has. to come back to. Very thought-provoking. Yeah, yes. nice one. Yep. Um, if anyone out there listening to this, uh, we've obviously gone a bit long this time. If you have any other thoughts or questions or want to get involved in any way, then please get in touch with any of us. Um, yep. And thanks very much for listening. We'll catch you all next time.